If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Don't draw attention to it. Act like you've been here before. Hello, gamers. You are watching Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, December 7th. I am your host, Tamar Hussain, and joining me for the first time ever, ever, a exclusive for Kind of Funny. No one has pulled this off except for me. I am joined by Master Chief Petty Officer John117. Welcome, Master Chief. How are you today? Hello, Tamar. It's a pleasure to be here. Master Chief, if you could do me a favor, I've always wanted to relate to you. The problem is you're a Spartan, you are a super soldier, you are like nine foot tall, you're incredible in combat. Is there any chance that you can make yourself a little more relatable to me by doing like a British accent, but kind of not like a straight British accent, the kind of British accent that's melded with someone who has been in California for a really long time? Do you reckon you can pull one of those off? Are you saying you don't want me to use my, my real voice this whole podcast? Yeah, I would prefer it if you sounded a little more like me, so we can have like a. I'm used to doing this with Gary Witter, who's a who's a really cool guy, British guy. He's lived in California for a while. I'd love it if you could um, help me f reach a comfortable space by replicating his voice. I know you're a man of many talents, so you reckon you can pull that off? Well, fortunately, part of my Spartan training did include a uh, comprehensive uh, vocabulary and linguistic database. So I let me see if I can access those uh, those files. Let's go. Hold on. Accessing. Uh-huh. Accessing. Uh-huh. Cortana a little slow these days. Accessing. It's not Cortana, is it? It's the weapon now, isn't it? All right, how's this? Oh, wow. John, that's incredible. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it, it, it took a minute to, uh, to properly uh, load in all the uh, subroutines, but uh, this, this should be pretty authentic. That is, I feel, I already feel a little more at home with you. Uh, yeah, this John is this is apparently seven. according to the database. This is the accent of a uh, of a of, of a of a man who grew up in London's East End uh -huh. and lived in uh, England for about twenty five years, but then right. has since done another twenty five years uh, in California. So that you got a bit of a mix. That is remarkable because that is Gary Witter's exact life story. So the fact that the UNSC has a a pre built routine for that is pretty impressive, and I'm glad to see it's happened. Thank yeah, the, so uh, when the US when the USNC uh, was was founded, they uh, they did a uh, a deal with uh, Facebook, aka Meta, for full access oh, right, to right. their database, which is why they've got they basically know everything about everybody. That's incredible. I've heard they also did a deal yeah. with Zuckerberg for Sweet Baby Ray's, which apparently will be making yeah, Mark, an Mark Zuckerberg and uh, Dr. Yeah. Catherine Halsey, two of the great monsters of modern history <laughs> modern history yeah uh you got you got anything cool to show off there i've heard that you've got like uh some more paraphernalia with oh you yeah guys. well so microsoft did send me some very nice uh things this mm -hmm. this uh helmet included but the thing i'm most pleased about because this is what i really wanted i didn't know i was going to get it you mm -hmm. can't find them anywhere but they did send mm -hmm. me the official and this is that really is awesome. beautiful the official master chief uh elite that control is cool which is, is not just lovely. aesthetically very, very beautiful, but also has all of the uh, the gubbins that you would expect an elite oh. control to have. So it has the nice little paddles on the back, so you've got like additional uh, controls here that you can map to pretty much anything. 
My yeah. favorite thing about the controller, I actually only discovered this recently, is that the thumbsticks come off. You can pull them off. Mm -hmm. And then there's a little screw here that you can tighten to adjust the tension of the thumbstick. So if you like yeah, your indeed. thumbstick to be a little bit tighter, a little bit looser, you can you can you can tighten it to exactly um, how you want. And then it comes in a very beautiful. Um, let me see here. This is the case. Very very nice uh, UNSC case with all the little bits inside. Even the even the USB C cable is like in oh, the cool Master cool. Chief yeah. livery. And then the replacement thumbsticks and the replacement D pad and the little adjustment tools and things are all in the case really beautiful control i'm very very pleased to add this one to the collection impressive i've got an elite 2 and it is an incredible controller i think it's one of the best i think it might be the best controller ever created um, i mean I, I yeah i mean i think the xbox one you know the xbox one was where they kind of finalized the design uh and now the series x controller with a couple of extra little modifications it's my personal favorite controller i don't like using anything mm -hmm. else i think the dual sense is very nice big step up from the DualShock 4, but still, I mean, one of the reasons why I prefer to play games on Xbox is I just mm -hmm. love the controller the best, and the Elite controller is absolutely beautiful. It is. Um, I've been playing Halo with it, and it is fantastic. Uh, let's kick it over to the actual show, because today's stories include oh, <clears throat> NFTs. I'm sorry, we have to talk about NFTs. As well as that, we'll have HBO's Last of Us casting Nick Offerman. We've got Halo Infinite, an update. We'll be able to get some news about that from the man, the myth, the legend himself, Master Chief, who is, of course, joining us today. And a few more other stories, because, of course, this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, where each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv forward slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about to justify your life decisions if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com forward slash you're wrong don't even type the link in because we never get anything wrong especially when master chief is true here. you should just retire that feature just especially when you and me are on exactly exactly if they you should, they, they should replace it with a feature where people can just write in and congratulate us for how yes. right we were about everything. <laughs> yeah exactly uh if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com forward slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite which just had a new season kickoff to support the channel so if you're playing that new fortnite goodness like we are going to be playing after this on stream Make sure you're using the Epic Creator code Kind of Funny to support us. To be part of the show, head to patreon.com forward slash Kind of Funny Games, where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free, along with the exclusive daily post show. Housekeeping, I mean, goddamn one time, let it be a bad game of sweeping. A new episode of Gamecast went up, and it is the Halo Infinite campaign review featuring Tim, Mike, Andy, and the one and only Paris. You can catch all their thoughts on youtube.com forward slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe, like I literally just said minutes ago. That's not all for Halo. This is a big Halo day week for well, us. Well, I mean, that's that's why I came correct to more, mm -hmm. as you can see. It is, it is true. Uh, Xcast is also up right now, and that includes the crew talking more about Halo Infinite's multiplayer and the fixes that the games need the game needs 
which is really interesting. Um, on the PlayStation side of things, PS I Love You XOXO is up. Uh, there's another one recording, and that episode will be up for everyone on Wednesday. So write in with your questions and thoughts. The topic of the show is likely going to be around the rumored Project Spartacus. Um, thanks to our Patreon producers, Pranksy, Blackjack, and this has been said before, and I'll say it again, but I'll try and say it with the energy that Greg will want. Greg Miller returns to the content next month. Nick should quit now. Um, hopefully that was the right cadence. Today we're brought to you by DoorDash, Honey, and American Giant, but we'll tell you more about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and will forever be the Roper Report. It's time for some blooming news. We've got five stories today. A baker's dozen. Thank you very much for that, Kevin. Mm -hmm. um, the first story comes from the managing editor of the best video game website on the internet, GameSpot.com, me. I got an email about this and I wrote it directly into the document. Ubisoft is adding NFTs to its games. You know them, you love them. NFTs. Ubisoft has announced Quartz, a new platform that will deliver playable and energy efficient non-fungible tokens, aka NFTs, to its video games. The NFTs are called Digits and will make their debut in Ghost Recon Breakpoint. According to a video announcement, Digits are playable in-game, they're unique collectibles, and will allow you to complete your mission in style. Naturally, these NFTs slash Digits are going to be released in limited editions, and they have an engraved serial number on them that is visible to everyone. They also remember the owner's names, and naturally, you can put them up for sale. Digits are a new way to experience cosmetic items, combining the fun of playing with AAA quality assets and the thrill of owning NFTs that represent unique collectible pieces of Ubisoft game worlds. Digits are collectible in-game vehicles, weapons, and pieces of equipment that offer players unprecedented ways to connect with and enjoy more value from the games they love, Ubisoft said in a press release. Our long-term efforts led us to understand how blockchain's decentralized approach could genuinely make players stakeholders of our games in a way that is also sustainable for our industry, placing back into their hands the value they generate through the time they spend, the items they buy, or the content they create online, said Nicholas Poard, VP of Ubisoft's Strategic Innovation Lab. Apologies if I butchered your name there, Nicholas. Ubisoft Quartz is the building block of in our ambition, ambitious vision for developing a true metaverse, and it can't come to life without overcoming blockchain's early form limitations for gaming, including scalability and energy consumption. So um, one thing to note is they say this is the first energy efficient NFTs playable in AAA games. Ubisoft Quartz leverages Tezos, a blockchain running on a proof of stake consensus mechanism, which uses exceedingly less energy to operate than proof of work blockchains such as Bitcoin or Ethereum. Just another quote, just to highlight uh, a double down on that. Uh, energy efficiency is a key requirement to propel blockchain technology into a future where it can be wildly widely used by millions of players. We chose Tezos because of its original proof of stake network and its leadership on clean NFTs. 
So Didier Jeanvois, a blockchain technical director at Ubisoft. One transaction on their network uses the same amount of energy as streaming 30 seconds of video, while the previous generation of blockchain networks consume the same energy required for one year of non-stop streaming. This low carbon footprint means that our developers and our players can prioritize innovation without compromising sustainability. Which of course will be available in beta starting December 9th. Gary, blockchains, NFTs, they're here in video games. How do you feel about it? You want to know how I feel about it, Tamur? Look at my yes. face. Look at Stoic. As, it's as... a very cynical, skeptical face that I'm making right now. <laughs> I'm very skeptical. Yeah, um, why are you skeptical? I mean, I'm not an expert, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe everyone else that I'm listening to is wrong, but it just seems, the NFTs, it just seems like a bit of a scam mm -hmm. to me. It just seems like a bit of a racket. So it's no you know, surprised that companies like Ubisoft and I know EA have expressed an interest are all rushing to get involved in this latest racket. It feels like, you know, from the company's point of view, it feels like probably the next logical step in the microtransaction economy, right? It's the mm -hmm. next evolution of that. And we all know that micro you know, free to play games with, you know, monetization on the back end, you know, Call of Duty Warzone's making a lot of money. Halo Infinite, of course, has just made its its leap into that world free to play, but then everything is microtransacted on the back end and i suspect that will make a lot of money as well once you know some decent cosmetics and things like that show up in the store but i don't know okay so i i have i have some questions mm -hmm. first of all my, my overall feeling is i feel like any company that's getting involved in nfts at this point has to overcome a tremendous uh, amount of kind of prevailing skepticism about this right the prevailing mood towards nfts is a lot of skepticism unless you're one of the you're either a hardcore zealot you're one of these crypto bros that like really mm -hmm. believes in nfts and is willing you know to pay a million dollars for a fucking jpeg that you that you that you get to say yeah. that you own right which i get mm -hmm. it's such a fucking scam historians are going to look back on this and go what a what a joke yeah but you know the the, the question is are there enough people to fall for this particular scam probably Probably in real how, terms, how is this I wonder about like how interesting it really is. Like the idea of the idea of I tradable items is mm -hmm. not particularly new, right? We've seen that in lots of games before you can do, you yeah. can trade items, you know, and, you know, in, in, in team fortress and valve games and things like that. And the idea of unique items to me raises questions. Like it's, it's already a big enough job for developers just to create, you know, a large wardrobe or library of cosmetics yeah. that anybody can buy. Right. If they, if each one has to be unique, how different or how unique can they truly be? I guarantee you, they're not going to make thousands of thousands of like genuinely unique looking items. What's going to make them unique is the serial number, right? That's mm -hmm. why the serial number is there. A, because yeah, that validates it as unique, but it's also there in easy way to say it's unique. You're going to have two helmets that look exactly the same. But because they have different serial numbers, they're basically printing, they're literally printing money. Like when you print money, all dollar bills look the same, but they have a different serial number. Yeah. Each dollar bill is unique. Each pair of trousers that they sell in fucking Ghost Recon Breakpoint or whatever is going to technically be unique. But yeah. like, I mean, where, where are your bragging rights on this? When I'm in a firefight in a first person shooter game, I'm not saying to the other guy, hey, let, let, let me stop and check out the fucking serial number on your helmet. Oh, that's cool. You know, I can barely even see what kind of armor the guy's wearing because I'm running around trying to fucking stay alive. I, yeah. So Gary, where, where I, exactly is the core that you're going to brag about the fucking serial number on your helmet? Yeah, I, Kevin, I think we, what, what you you're forgetting is that, like, this is associated with with cryptocurrency. So there's, like, a, some sort of coin attached to it. The yes. the, the item itself in, it, in its code has the, the address 
the cryptocurrency address embedded into it. And that is what makes it unique. Not the image. Really, what, what NFTs are is an image that has this unique code that is embedded within it that can't be just copied and pasted. Yeah. I think, I think like, for me, the... Who gives a shit about that, though? Yeah, well, I mean that. I, I mean the people. That, that's. I mean the people that. <laughs> the people that, that the, care the, about the thing. The thing. Here's here's where I'm coming from. Here's and this is going to be cynical. I have made it very clear that I do not give a shit about blockchain. I do not give a shit about NFTs. I think it's a annoying poison that I just I just wish it would go away. But the people that are going to care are the people that Ubisoft currently is not speaking to, and they need. Here's my cynical approach. Who gives a shit about Ghost Recon Breakpoint? Let's let's that's keep another it 100%. thing. It's like they're taking let's a concept that nobody gives a shit about, and they're putting it in a game that nobody gives a shit about. They're like doubling is, down on I apathy. Think, I think that is the smartest thing they've done. Like, who gives a shit about a Ghost Recon Breakpoint? Honestly, there's probably a bunch of players. I I'm sure it's an okay game now. I thought, but within the broader scheme of things, broader landscape of gaming, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. No one cares about Ghost Recon Breakpoint. You know what NFT bros and blockchain bros do care about? NFT, NFTs and blockchains. And they will go anywhere one of those things appear just in the hopes of finding some sort of success. The hope of success is enough. You could put NFTs anywhere and these weirdos would appear and they will flood that area. Ubisoft probably looking at this and going, nobody gives a shit about our game. How do we get people in this game as soon as possible, as quickly as possible? They add NFTs to, the, to them and suddenly you've got an influx of weirdos that love NFTs in this game. And I don't know, it inflates their player numbers. Now they have people playing. There are like requirements. You need to have played a certain amount of the game or reached some sort of level that I don't care about. But to me, this looks like a way to bolster player numbers by adding a trend that people blindly jump into. You're going to have, uh, uh, in their best case scenario, you, you might have like a bunch of people that don't care about games, but are desperate for some sort of NFT um, kind of uh, trend hopping um, uh, success coming to the game, playing it and being like, but oh man, because the thing that I see is like, evangelists being like yo this nft is gonna take us to the moon and it's gonna be like oh this blockchain thing or this coin is gonna be the next big thing and it's a thing that you clearly is doomed to failure so like you might get people appearing in, on twitter and various other places being like oh no ghost recon breakpoint that's where the next big thing is that's it that's well, you the know what, next you know what i was gonna evolution. say tomorrow i was gonna say like, my first thought was well if you wanted to make a big deal out of this like tie it to Rainbow Six Siege, which is a game people actually play and excited, or tie it to like something new like Rainbow Six Extraction, which no, is coming yeah, out. But here's the thing, that. I immediately thought that there's a reason why they're not doing that, right? Because they know this is a risk. And they yeah. know that NFTs are unproven, and there's a lot of skepticism out there about it. The deck is stacked against them. It's a good chance this is not going to work. Mm -hmm. But they don't want to strap the, the NFT bomb to a property, property exactly. to them that is actually valuable. So they're thinking, well, look, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Never no really cares. took off. It wasn't well yeah. received. Maybe maybe since they've updated it, it's a bit better or whatever. But like it's yesterday's news. Nobody gives a shit about Ghost Recon Breakpoint. So let's test it there. Just like, if you're going to test a nuclear bomb, you don't do it in the middle of a fucking city. You go into yeah. the middle of nowhere where if something yeah. goes wrong, you didn't fuck up anything of value. Yeah. So they're yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah. well, yeah, let's try it on this property that we can't well, really I mean, fuck I, up much more than we did I already. I this, and then if it works, they can try on a, on a more valuable property. Yeah. I don't think this can affect the value of, the, of anything. I, I think that... What this means, I, when people launch NFTs, usually they're minting a coin or yes. like. So this means that like, hey, we're gonna start selling uh, selling coins. So like, you know what I mean? Like the 
the more they offer, the more people want to buy it. So they're like, they're, they're, I don't see there being a downside. This isn't something that can ruin a game at all. No, this is I, 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 I think it can that, ruin a game in terms of perception more than anything else. Mm. Like, yeah, like, it can what, like put what a bit Gary, of stink on it. Yeah, what sure, Gary was sure, saying earlier like, was the cynicisms around NFTs. Like, if they really cared about this, they would go hard and they'll be like, we're putting this in Rainbow Six, we're putting this in the next Ghost Recon, whatever I, that thing is. I'm, if this is a mild success, they're going to put it everywhere. Yeah, they will. They're almost certain. But, like, the other part of it is, like, it's just adding, adding another layer of predatory, like, microtransaction mm-hmm. kind of 100%. stuff to, to a game that... Yeah, one, and, and a lot of this is they're just doing and... this to, to please their shareholders. Like, shareholders read yeah. about NFTs in Forbes or the Wall Street Journal, and they're, and they're but, immediately yeah. at the next board meeting. They're like shareholder meeting like why well what, i don't know what nfts are but it seems like something we should be involved in right we're going to make yeah. money there right let's do that and they have no fucking idea what it is but they just need to they need to show their shareholders that they're but doing something I mean, in that brilliant well right? even though like, nobody knows what the fuck it even is they can yeah. literally just be like okay we're gonna sell uh the, this skin that is like yeah. a golden skin and we're gonna market it for a hundred dollars per skin because you get the nft as well and yeah. there it is now, it everybody is, that's playing that knows, have, has heard the word NFT before is going to be like, oh, well, I'm not just buying a skin. I'm investing. I'm getting an NFT. You know? Yeah, I'm yeah. investing. Yeah. yeah. The, the intro, like the thing about it is like, it's not all that different from the way certain skins have been sold in the past and other microtransactions and are now like, and the, it kind of makes the point that Gary was or, or double or not double reinforces the point that Gary made earlier, which was like, there is a cynicism around and there is um kind of dislike around the term nfts because like like many people will point out during this discussion this isn't that different from selling other skins in other games but the fact that it is branded as an nft and has ties into that gives people such a visceral and response I, and i can kind it. of understand if you if you're in the kind of a circle if, like, if you're an nft bro and you've got a bunch of other, other nft bros i can understand how like for bragging rights owning unique owning a unique item in a game might have some might have some currency mm. but as the idea of it as an investment is a joke like the like if there's an nft for example the mona lisa like let's say you own the digital rights to the mona lisa if not the actual painting right but you own mm. the digital version of it i can kind of understand how that might have some lasting value because that's a classic piece of art that's always going to have value but an nft that exists inside a game that's going to be games are by their nature fucking you know, obsolescence obsolescence is built into them right yeah. in a couple of years ghost recon breakpoint is going to be fucking done right <laughs> and, and, and your nft is attached to that game and it, you, it's not like you can trade it among other players within the game but you can't like transfer it to another game that's now relevant these these particular kind of game associated nfts in terms in terms of a long term investment, they're they're all going to hit a wall sooner or later. So I, I don't understand that argument at all. The yeah, I, argument. the the thing is, I I think that the NFT lives on beyond the the skin itself. Yeah, like it still survives in your wallet. And also, I just to be clear, I don't think you own the the Mona Lisa or the Mona Lisa's digital. You own that digital copy of it with the embedded crypto. Yeah, yeah. So that's how it works. Like, yeah. I, it is it is you will once the game dies you will have some semblance of ownership over a thing that is tied to that even if without unless ubisoft's platform itself goes under and the backing i don't know whatever the the the, uh resource that is that is backing that goes under so you will have it it's just a matter of like 
will that have any value to anyone at that point? Which who knows? I, I firmly, think I think this is I, I think this is going to go five years from now. We'll be talking about NFTs the way we were talking about like when remember when like three D TVs and three D glasses were oh, a yeah. thing. I a hundred percent agree with you. I feel like yeah. this is guys. Yeah. <laughs> This is a thing that is designed to make a certain group of people incredibly rich. And ev everything that is happening now <laughs> is basically those more people trying to get a seat at that table. And the trickle down effect is people are investing in nonsense and won't care about this forever. And like I say that as someone who knows people that have made a lot of money off of Bitcoin, like friends of mine. And I'm like, you got lucky and they they like having done that now they're like yeah this is wild and i got incredibly lucky and i would not recommend it to anyone i mean well, even the creators of certain cryptocurrencies are coming out and saying yeah it's a scam yeah it's a scam yeah it is a it is a just insane shit and like it is designed for people to not understand it and and just jump in because everyone is doing it. It's like trying to play the stock market just because everyone's doing it, not knowing the, Listen, the intricacies of it. The, the great P.T. Barnum, who absolutely would be selling NFTs if he were oh, around yeah. today, oh, yeah. said it best. There's a sucker born every minute. Mm -hmm. And uh, these days, they're online within moments. Yeah, uh, and their credit card details are uh, already uh, ready to autofill. Yeah, exactly. I just, the thing I like, the thing that annoys me about NFTs is every knobhead with a pencil or a digital, a copy of Photoshop or whatever free thing draws some absolute top 10 garbage and is like, this is an NFT. I'm minting it. It's like, bro, what are you talking about? That's disgusting. It looks horrible. It's, it's, you're not an artist. Like, just, 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 to play, just to play devil's advocate for a moment, or at least kind of try and look at this. From the, here's, the, here's my question. Mm -hmm. I've never seen so much widespread skepticism of something in recent times. Like I don't know, I don't know a single person or follow anyone on Twitter or I've not seen anyone out there like in my sphere who has said, "Oh no, I think NFTs are a good thing." But presumably yeah. a company like Ubisoft has done some research before, you know, de deciding they're going to invest a lot of money into building yeah. this quartz system and whatnot. So there are people out there that are, that, that are spending big money on NFTs. It's just, are we in, are we in like in a bubble or something that we're not seeing this market? No, I think I think, I mean, at the same time, there is a there is an element of these companies will also make these decisions knowing that there is a burnout rate or a burnout point on this stuff. And but they the the judgment they make is if we do it now, we can make enough of an uh, out of it to make the investment worthwhile. So just because a company is investing in something like this doesn't necessarily mean it has a future it just might mean there's so, there's some money to be made there right now and you know economic conditions and 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 kind of like the state of the world might make it so right now is a is a good opportunity to do it and a necessary moment um and as far as i can tell it's a relatively low barrier to entry provided you're on a scale of of the company like ubisoft like i can't do it but there are I know artists, genuinely great artists that have done NFTs. And those are the ones that kind of give me pause because I've seen some artists that I follow and do NFTs and I look at their stuff and I'm like, that's a great piece of art. Like that is cool. I like the look of that. I don't understand any of it. And uh, I don't I'm not understand. I don't I'm not interested in NFT and minting and all that kind of stuff. But if it's working for you, great. Um, but but like that was in the early days. Now it's like, like I said, every knobhead with a digital pen with a Wacom tablet is like, I've drawn a stick, man. This is my NFT. And then they rug pull you with some nonsense. And then you're yeah, like, all right, I, well, that's useless. I don't think that the, the art again matters for this. Like, yeah. Yeah. For this, just, probably not. Yeah. I mean, no, no, I'm and, NFTs. Like yeah. the the art part is just 
you could, you could stick it on anything, you know? Like a- yeah, but I think I think the art part is important for mainstream success. Like people need something to care about, right? You can't just mm-hmm. give them the ones and zeros and say like, this is money. This is internet money. Um, because that's not going to make it travel. People are scared of that. Still scared of the internet and doing purchases yeah. on the internet. So like having nothing is probably where people bounce off. But you know what? At the very least, the one positive thing I can say about this is at least they've made an effort to find a, a more energy efficient way. Because previously when um there were reports of you stuff getting into this like there were also discussions about the um there's a great video done by chris bratt at people make games uh, which is like why ubisoft needs to pay attention to the the kind of um the global impact of getting into nfts and that goes through the energy and climate change implications of nfts and it's a fascinating watch um and basically it lays out how destructive nfts and bitcoin mining and that kind of stuff attached to it is it, it can be on the world and it is like devastating to watch and see it like laid out in such detail and plain, plain language. Now it seems like they've moved away into something that's a little more efficient, which is, I guess, one good thing that you can say, say to, uh, for this effort, well done to them for at least thinking about the kind of global impact on climate change and energy consumption that is, that is uh, tied to this. So, yeah, you know, you know how they could, you know how they could have made an even more of an impact. It's just Don't not fucking do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our next story comes from the number two video game website on the internet. That is, of course, Gamespot.com, written by Eddie McCooch. HBO's Last of Us TV show adds Nick Offerman as Bill. Nick Offerman has officially joined the cast of HBO's The Last of Us as Bill, according to Variety. He replaces Con O'Neill, who dropped out due to a scheduling conflict. Actor Murray Bart- Bartlett said in an interview with The Guardian uh, that it was fun to work with Offerman. It's an epic show, but beautifully human and intimate. We filmed it in Calgary. A lot of my scenes are with Nick Calgary. Offerman. Oh, my bad. Calgary. Calgary. Um, thank you. You saved me there from a lot of a Calgary residents. Yeah, I'm going to get ahead of the you're wrong. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Don't add that to you're wrong. Do not send that to you're wrong. We took care of it. Yeah, we already fixed Uh, it. Yeah, we fixed it. Uh, No patch necessary. That was a hot fix. Yeah, we hot fixed it. Yeah, love it. Uh, Playing off him was awesome, Barlett said. Um, Barlett also spoke about serious co-creator Craig Mazin um, saying that... Mazin. Mazin? Mazin. Okay, uh, do not send that to you wrong. We hot fixed that already. You're doing all the hot fixes. Yeah, saying scripts that Mason uh, wrote blew my head off. Oh, that's, uh, unfortunate. Uh, Bartlett uh, recently starred on HBO's popular drama, The White Lotus, as general manager of the resort with his own set of issues. As for Offerman, he is known for a variety of roles, including Ron Swanson on Parks and Recreation. Pedro Pascal plays Joel and Bella Ramsey portrays Ellie in HBO's Last of Us TV show. We haven't seen the trailer yet, but first images were published in September. Mason has said the Last of Us TV show will follow the story of the original game, though the writer also assured people that the show won't be a beat-for-beat retelling of the game. Nick Offerman um, now making his way into the video game world. How do you feel about that? I think anytime Nick Offerman is, is in anything, you know, it's something we should all be happy about because he's great, right? And what's interesting, like he's he's better known, he's best known as a comic actor, right? Because he's done more comedic work. But 
I don't know if you've seen Devs or some of the other stuff that he's done. He's also he's actually a very good dramatic actor. Yeah. So I can I see, see him being good, good in this. It's been it's been so long since I played the first Last of Us. Who is the Bill character? I don't remember Bill. Who is that? Bill is the guy who, I, if I remember correctly, my memory is terrible right now. Um, but like you go into he helps you. He's a friend basically. He starts off being a friend, but like you help him out in the garage and a uh, guy with a truck basically is how he's remembered. Um, this the he's like. Out, just outside out, out of side of town kind of like scavenging stuff like that and then you go to him and it's like a it's an awkward moment because he's he presents himself as like sympathetic and he wants to help you but then the realities of the world um force a betrayal he's the one i think he catches you in the trap that has you uh, it strings you up um okay. into the air when you when you go into his garage um uh but he's an interesting character i think that's the right guy my, my memory of um the first Last of Us beats uh, are kind of like all over the place. I mean, I'm sure, but, yeah. like I said, he's really good. It's like, again, most, most people um, yeah. who know Nick, Off- Nick Offerman know him better for his comedy stuff, which is also great. But like I said, he's he's done some really good dramatic roles. So I think he'll be good. Yeah, he's, uh, if I, uh, he, wait, you know, I think I think he doesn't betray you. There's just kind of like an awkward, mo- not awkward moment, but like a, a, a real, it's just this, his story is one I'm that sticks with you. Sorry, bro. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm trying not to. Um, he, he, I think he's that character that ends up being like, oh, the, the world has been... He's one of the characters used to illustrate how the world can make good people um, turn good... Not turn good people, but like hurt good people and make them do things that are unfortunate. Um, he, he helps you out. And I think that Offerman is a great character, uh, an actor for that. Um, uh, and because he does have that kind of like uh that bill has that friendly welcoming kind of uh personality but also quite uh uh the dramatic part of offerman's uh acting ability will definitely give him that edge that he needs to be like like the paranoid like the world sucks and i've set up um traps everywhere i'm scared of everything um if you know what i mean uh do not send anything to your wrong about my recollection of bill um, I made it up clear up front that I don't remember that. Well, which which t- upcoming video game TV show are you more excited about, The Last of Us or the Halo TV show? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm more confident in The Last of Us purely because it's HBO Craig Ma- Mazin who did Chernobyl. Um, I haven't seen Chernobyl, but I've heard he's amazing. You should see Chernobyl. It's really, really I, good. I, I've been meaning to watch it. Um, uh, so I think, and uh, I think that uh, that one, um, and also like the Halo one has been floating around in like a weird uh, limbo for long enough that I'm like, is that going to be good? I'm sure, I'm sure it has a good chance. Like, um, uh, but who knows? Yeah, there's a chance. Like, I, I feel like I've never seen anything uh, non-Halo game related, uh, other than the books. But I don't, I didn't read every single one of them. That has been amazing and blew me away. If you know what I mean um maybe maybe there is the room for it what about you gary um i you know i think both i mean both of them i think you know last of us has got a very very good pedigree creatively good people Mm -hmm. working on it comes from you know it's very very strong source material they're working from i do think they have an interesting challenge in that you know everyone who's coming to it having played the game already knows the basics of the story and the you know the 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 kind of the quote i'm not saying it's not but like the quote-unquote kind of shocking Mm. things that happen at the end unless they drastically change those you know aren't going to be that surprising to people right we know what the ending what he does mm. at the end right and what the big deal is uh so it'll be interesting to see how much they it, it's an interesting kind of line to draw between like we want to stay faithful to the story but we don't want it to seem too familiar and like we well, yeah we saw this in the game 
you know, for people that know the game. But there's two different audiences, right? A lot of people will be watching who've never played the game. So they kind of have to kind of please two audiences. The Halo show, uh, I can't say too much, but I've got reason. I've got good reason to believe it's going to be very good. Oh, amazing. That's good to know. Yeah. I would love to have a good Halo show. I think like that's the next frontier for a lot of like these uh, licensed or like uh, tie-in opportunities, like video games shows. Um, and I hope to see more of them. Like I would love to see more f- franchises from the video game world adapted because I just feel like they make for better uh, kind of adaptions into TV, serialized TV shows than movies. Um, I hope that the industry, the entertainment industry, can so get it's just on. it's just where the market is right now. It's almost yeah. impossible to get movies made. TV shows, it's much yeah. much easier. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, we see more of that. Before we get into uh, our next story, just want to remind everyone that you can go to Patreon.com/slash/KindOfFunnyGames where you can get the show ad free. But if you haven't done that, we've got some ads for you. So here's a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. There's no denying it, it's officially the holiday season. And after all that Thanksgiving cooking you just did, plus the cooking you're about to do for whatever other holiday you celebrate, you're probably not going to want to add tonight's dinner to that to-do list. So let DoorDash take care of it. You can also get groceries and other essential items delivered with DoorDash. I love DoorDash. We use it constantly. And it is such an easy thing to, to use for me and Gia when we're just trying to hang out, watch something, keep it simple for the night. Next thing you know, food's being delivered. It's safe, it's secure, and we are no longer hungry. For a limited time, you guys can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES2021. That's 25% off, up to $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021. Don't forget, that's code G-A-M-E-S-2021 for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Next up, shout out to Honey. It's gift-giving season and you have no excuse to buy everyone you love the worst, cheapest gifts imaginable. Why? because Honey is about to save you tons of money when you shop online. Honey is your personal online shopping assistant. It scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best ones it finds to your cart. It's so easy to use. Everyone should be doing it. I've been using it for years. I've saved literally thousands of dollars, both for me and for Kind of Funny, using Honey. You install it once, you never need to think about it again. It's just saving you money. If you don't already have Honey, you can be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free, installs in just a few seconds, and by getting it, You'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash games. That's joinhoney.com slash games. And finally, shout out to American Giant. If there's one good thing that came out of the mess that 2020 and 2021 have been, it's that people have started to prioritize comfort over style. You know what I'm talking about. But with American Giant's obsession with quality details, you can be comfy, cozy, and stylish. I love American Giant. I recently got a bomber jacket. Nobody's surprised, but it's this really pretty blue. I've never seen one like it, and I am a big fan. It's super comfy, keeps me warm, just like I like. American Giant is about the journey, not just the destination. They're obsessed with the details from start to finish, so they use the best quality materials and support local manufacturers and workers, which is always great. Slate called their hoodie the greatest hoodie ever made so find out why explore american giants collection of durable essentials at american-giant.com and you can get 20 percent off when you use code kfgd at checkout that's 20 percent off at american-giant.com promo code kfgd american-giant.com promo code kfgd 
I am Commander Shepard, and this next story comes from my third best video game website on the Citadel. It is, of course, GameSpot.com, written once again by Eddie McCooj. Halo Infinite campaign missions are not replayable. Surprising. Halo Infinite's campaign launches this Wednesday, December 8th, and in a big change from tradition, the game won't let you replay missions. Players need to start a new save file to play missions again. A spokesperson for Microsoft confirmed this to Polygon. Part of the reason why is that Halo Infinite has a semi-open world structure. Once you've cleared an area or completed a story mission, you can go back to explore. It's just the story missions won't trigger, Polygon reported. A spokesperson told the site the post game does not give you does give you the option to keep exploring the wider environment environment but for missions like the first two where you're not on the ring yet you can't replay from the same save file you'd be able to get remaining fov targets and audio logs but the main story missions would not repeat associate creative director paul crocker told the verge that 343 is working on an update for some time after launch that will let players replay campaign missions we want to have a replay that works well, and when you have more a more open game, it gets a lot trickier, he said. So we made a decision to improve the quality of the single-player campaign to ensure that, as a foundation, that it's going to be as strong as possible so that we could then add other features back in. Halo Infinite's campaign also does not support co-op, another staple of the series, but this will be added sometime in 2022. Forge Mode 2 will arrive at a later date. Uh, how do you feel about that, Gary? No replay. First of all, I just want to say I feel bad for all the audio podcast listeners who have to put up with this substandard audio, but without the delightful comedy visuals of us wearing these ridiculous helmets. Gary, we'll we'll see how much bring, of a difference it makes. You gotta not bring things to up like that. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? That? Because like now the kids that, that are going to complain are going to be like, well, see, Gary said it. Uh, you know, but you know what, Kevin? If they do complain, notice it, Kevin. So you might as well acknowledge it. Yeah. Also, now that people, have, Gary has acknowledged it, they can go to the video uh, on kind of funny games on YouTube and check it out. So see what they're missing. You know what I'm saying? So far, so far as the replaying missions uh, concerned, I was, I was, a bit, I was a bit bummed out about it until uh, you said that they will be be patching it in. I think the overall story that has emerged. I mean, look, it, it, it seems very clear at this point that the big picture of Halo Infinite, both on the multiplayer and the campaign side, is it's been a success, right? People love the multiplayer. I'm loving the multiplayer. Um, you know, there are some complaints around the edges and, you know, they'll address those. Um, and the campaign's been getting terrific reviews as well. So, you know, congratulations for the 343 and well done. Obviously, um, I, I think I said this on a recent uh, Xcast for a recent show, as, as much as Cyberpunk 2077 was, you know, a great poster child for, you know, not releasing your games when they're not finished, you know, in a negative sense, Halo Infinite, I think, has become the great poster child for, mm. you know, that in a positive sense. Like, you know, who knows what kind of shape it would have launched in if they'd have tried to launch it a year ago just to meet an arbitrary, you know, date. By giving it an extra year, um, I think, you know, that's obviously really, they turned what could have been a very negative launch story into what has now been a very sure. positive one. Even with that extra year, Tamur, what we're seeing is, you know, a few, you know, they clearly couldn't get everything that they wanted in on launch day. A few, a few people have observed, rightly or wrongly, that, you know, they would have liked a bit more uh, multiplayer, you know, a few, a few more maps and a few more game modes at launch. They will obviously be patched in. The multiplayer is a living organism that's going to grow and grow. Um, but, you know, after a few weeks with the multiplayer, people are already going, oh, I wouldn't mind a couple more maps. You know, they launched with what they had, and what they had is very, very good. It's a very, very stable it's a great foundation, right? The gunplay, the combat, mm. everything feels great. They've got a great foundation to grow from, but they do need to grow it. And on the multiplayer side, 
The biggest one for me, of course, was the no co-op campaign. We've got to wait for that. That's a big one. Um, and now just little things like not being able to replay missions. These are all going to get patched in, but I think it really shows that even with the extra year, they had to leave some things off the table to get this out, to hit the, they still, you know, they needed to hit this date, right? The 20th anniversary, uh, the, the holiday season, it couldn't slip mm. anymore than it already did. And they have done a great job again, but it's, it's worth acknowledging that even with the extra year, they couldn't get everything into the 1.0 release that they wanted. Yeah, and then on the flip side of that, that extra year gave them the time to give us what we have, which is a really, really good multiplayer experience and a single player that I think is surprising a lot of people. Like, there was a period where we were all quite worried about the single player, right? Like, we'd seen little to nothing of it. We saw that one uh, gameplay video which had Craig the Brute in it, and it I mean, looked that, I mean, that was a rough. disaster, wasn't it? But look how exactly. much they turned it around. Yeah, and I think that is... that. This is speculating to a degree, but I think that kind of turnaround was only possible if they had made some sacrifices in the immediate future, which is, you know, maybe we cut co-op until later. Maybe we take out the, the kind of replayable mission part of it and focus those resources on the effort to get uh, the single player campaign to where it needs to be. And if that is the case, I think that might have been I think that's that was the right decision, um, because at the end of the day, like you said, Gary, over time, it will, we'll get the things that we need, and hopefully they will come in in a kind of polished and very usable and, and like enjoyable state instead of having a bunch of things that were halfway done and kind of broken, which is what we got when, when, when they released the Master Chief collection, remember? Like that stuff was, it, the whole thing was kind of dragged down by the fact that everything was there that they said was going to be uh, to begin with, but it was all kind of busted in different ways. And this this seems like a very much a, we've learned from Master Chief Collection where we tried to do it all at once. And instead we're taking it out, we're, we're scaling back our effort to improve everything that we do um, uh, put out uh, and go from there. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, think that's the right decision. I made this comment a few times before as well. It really says a lot just how much our standards have have you know, fallen by years and years of being conditioned by you know broken, buggy, unfinished game releases whether it be you know cyberpunk or battlefield this year there's so many games uh you know triple a releases launching in an unfinished state that halo's getting all of these plaudits just for you know just for releasing unbroken and basically you know not entirely feature complete but a, but a lot a lot more uh, a lot less broken and a lot less buggy and a lot more mm. looking more like the 1.0 kind of release that we uh, you know i have every, every right to expect on yeah, launch day, getting a lot of plaudits for that, and it really shouldn't be. That should be the bare minimum. But yeah, that should be we're it. so used to these games not even having that that now Halo's getting all this extra um, credit. But yeah, it, it, I think it's a fairly typical situation with a lot of games. You know, you've got like say ninety days before you've got to go gold. There's you know so you can't get everything in like you've got, and you've got to start triaging things. Like what are the things that we can afford to drop at this point that will kind of that are the least critical? You know, we have this many resources, and you know there's there's the, the, there's, there's only so much we can do. So we've got to figure out you know how best to get those you know, have, what, what's the most important things for us to get into the 1.0 release i think again the co-op campaign was the biggest thing little things like not replaying being able to re, uh, replay missions again the game the game will grow but there's mm. nothing from what i've seen certainly not on the multiplayer side and from what i've read not on the campaign side nothing that is like egregiously like oh man come on you could you shouldn't have shipped it like this yeah so many games like, it's like look at look at the grand theft auto definitive edition look at cyberpunk look at battlefield 2042 these games are a, dis they were a disgrace yeah, they were launched. We see so many like downright disgraceful game releases that the fact that Halo is better than that 
is we're, we're all like shocked. Oh my god! Like a AAA game shipped and it actually fucking works and is yeah. amazing. Yeah, I think that was the right move there. And like we said, like we'll get the other stuff and hopefully it'll be as high quality as the stuff that we've got so far. Next story comes from IGN's Cat Bailey, who uh, says Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl's first DLC character is Garfield. Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl is about to develop a love for lasagna and a hatred of Mondays. IGN can exclusively reveal that the first free DLC character will be Garfield, the mimetic orange cat originally created by Jim Davies. Developer Ludiosity released a trailer this morning showing some of Garfield's move, which includes a brief cameo by his teddy bear, Pookie. It also shows off some of his new moves as he bounds about and engages in engages the rest of the All-Star Brawl cast, making the famously lazy orange cat seem far more energetic than usual. Garfield joins the cast that includes Ren and Stimpy, SpongeBob SquarePants, and other Nickelodeon mainstays. While Garfield began life as a comic strip, he's most famous for his appearance in various television shows and primetime specials in the 1980s. Nickelodeon parent company Viacom acquired the rights to Garfield in 2019. Um, yeah, Garfield, he's in a Smash Brothers clone. Are you excited to play as Garfield, Gary? First, I mean, a couple of things about Garfield. We, we all laugh at Garfield these days, and, and rightly so. Like, Garfield mm-hmm. hasn't been cool since, I don't know, like the 80s. I'm mm-hmm. old enough to remember when Garfield was still kind of a little bit cool. It hasn't been, it, it's, it's turned into a meme now. It's turned into a joke, whether it's you no know, Garfield without Garfield or any of the other things that we do to make Garfield actually funny by kind of looking at, mm-hmm. you know, looking at it, you know, from, from an ironic uh, stance. And, you know, that's, that's been a rich vein of comedy in recent years. But fair play to Jim Davis. That guy is fucking swimming in money. I, I guarantee you, right laughing now. at Garfield. He's, no, no one's laughing more than Jim fucking Davis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is, that, is Garfield actively, like, is there new comics coming out or is it just, like, done? I'm not entirely sure. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying that, that like, Garfield, like, that, I, I, that guy is fucking swimming around in a Scrooge McDuck vault. Yeah, now. absolutely. I, I, he's you done you, you could laugh at my creation as much as you want. Yeah, he's if, like whatever. If, if I get to be that rich, oh yeah, hundred percent. If he he's done, like the he's reached the ideal place where the popularity of Garfield is like just driven. The engine of that is the internet taking the piss out of it. And yeah, as listen, long as I mean, Garfield already is like I'm not saying like it's at the like the bottom of its credibility, but like you know when when the Garfield Kart Racer came out, mm. you know I think everyone just kind of went, yeah, fine. Like you know there wasn't anything more you could do. Like oh really? And it's mm. not like, oh, no, be- the beloved Garfield, I can't believe you've done this to him. Like, you might as well put him in a fucking, you know, Smash Brothers game. Why not? Why not? As long as the check clears, right? Yeah, exactly. I think just, I think just in general, I'm, re- I'm actually really enjoying this little, um, uh, this, this little kind of trend we're seeing right now, these Smash Bros knockoffs, whether it be Nickelodeon mm. All-Star Brawl or, you know, Multiverses. It's kind, you know, it's, it's kind of fun and ridiculous to see, like, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of want. I kind of do want to see Shaggy fight Batman, right? Why, why fucking not? <laughs> this is this is exactly the kind of like late stage capitalism shit that we should all be expecting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, fair play to Jim. Wait, is Jim Davis still alive? Like, is it just his estate now? I, I think guess he is. Oh, really? Not only not only is he swimming in Garfield money, he's living life large, and he's like relatively unknown. He can enjoy his money out of the spotlight. That's yeah, the idea for Garfield NFTs. Oh yeah, let's go, let's go. Uh, the fifth story that we've got is a kind of short and sweet one. Um, it's an update. I thought it was worth uh, just uh, touching upon because it's an ongoing story, which is uh, coming from Kotaku. Call of Duty um, Warzone dev stage uh, walkout over layoffs. 
the latest update is uh, came today uh, at 12.06 p.m. ET. Um, so the walkout is now in its second day and Activision Blizzard's uh, uh, workers involved in the Raven software walkout say QA from other studios have joined in from offices in Texas, Minnesota and California, including at Blizzard's Irvine campus. Uh, these workers are standing in solidarity with the statement Raven QA put forward yesterday. The Activision Blizzard employee group ABK wrote on Twitter today. Developers from the Overwatch and Call of Duty studios and others online are currently using the hashtag WeAreRaven um, tag hashtag to voice their support for the protest. Kevin, there is a uh, Twitter um, post there if you want to bring it up. Um, no worries if not. Quality assurance uh, testers and other developers at Raven Software, the Activision studio in charge of the extremely lucrative free-to-play Battle Royale Call of Duty Warzone are walking out on the job to protest surprise layoffs that were foisted on staff beginning last Friday. The group told Kotaku in a statement, it has only one demand. Give all QA testers, including those just laid off full-time positions. Those participating in the demonstration do so with the continued success of the studios at the forefront of their mind, the group wrote. The Raven QA department is essential to the day-to-day -day functioning of the studio as a whole, terminating the contracts of high-performing testers in a time of consistent work and profit puts the health of the studio at risk. So I wanted to touch upon this because it's an active kind of... Um, uh, effort happening right now and it's you know activision they just dropped layoffs on on uh, developers at raven software and the context being warzone is you know doing incredibly well activision is earning a lot of money um yeah anything on that one uh gary i mean they just keep stumbling yeah from one fucking disaster to the next don't they i saw something uh, earlier this morning in response to this that um if you took bobby kotick's 2020 uh, remuneration as the boss of Activision, I think it's something like $155 million. You mm. could pay the salaries of everyone at Raven for 100 years. So it's not like they don't have Jeez the money. They just, choose, they just choose to keep it all at the top. And it's not, you know, we can, keep, we, we can keep bashing Activision, and we should, because it's a terrible company run by terrible people. Um, but this isn't just an Activision problem. It's a fucking American problem. It's a capitalist problem it's 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 mm. it's it's a problem of the basic systems of economic inequity and economic injustice that have kept you know 90 percent of the money at the top and the rest of us fucking fighting over the scraps for years and uh you know it's i, I don't know if it's it, if it's ever going to change short of fucking revolution mm. um but you know it's activision is currently the you know the company that we're all you know pointing our fingers at right now but they're just a symptom of a much more widespread problem yeah, for sure. And it is like a hundred percent support and solidarity with the people that are engaging in those walkouts. And if you want to keep up to date on that stuff, you can check out the um, the hashtag, the uh, We Are Raven hashtag, to see what people are saying. And you know, lend your support if you want to. This is something that's important to the industry because don't forget that these are the people that make the games, not the people at the top that just earn ridiculous amounts of money and do none of the uh, the the hard work that goes into producing these games um yeah uh gary if i wanted to know where what is coming to mama crop shops today where would i look the official list of upcoming software on each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday <laughs> sorry i slipped sorry i slipped i slipped out of my um uh, accent module there back into my core programming sorry 
Uh, that's fine. It happens now and then. You gotta like it's like a screensaver. You gotta move the mouse every now and then just to make sure it yeah, doesn't, exactly you know, right, go yeah. into Cortana yeah. to jiggle the mouse for me. Yeah, that you hate to see it. That's why she's rampant. Uh, she's losing her mind. Uh, out today we have Wolfstride for PC and Mac. Twelve minutes for PS5, PS4, and Switch. Final Fantasy fourteen. Endwalker. Is it fourteen or fifteen? It is fourteen. Um, expansion. That is an expansion for PS5, PS4, PC, and Mac. Rune Factory Four Special for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Heavenly Bodies, I would like one of those for PS5, PS4, PC, and Mac. Ever Forward for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One and Switch. White Shadows for PS5, Xbox Series X and S and PC. Yu-Gi-Oh! Rush Duel, Dawn of the Battle Royale for Switch. Beyond Steel Sky for Switch. Nine Ball Pocket for Switch. Love 3 for Switch. Space Warlord Organ Trading Simulator for PC and Thunder Tier 1. New dates. Uh, I think Blessing snuck in and dropped this in here, I think. Uh, this is for new releases, and we have uh, VR Co-op Action Survival, uh, Action Survival FPS. After the Fall launches December 9th. Expeditions Rome launches January 20th, 2022 on PC. And the Planet Zoo Europe DLC is arriving alongside the free 1.8 update on December 14th. Deals of the day, nothing super major. I do want to point out the Switch OLED dock is up on the Nintendo store for $70. It's not a deal of the day, but that Switch OLED dock is surprisingly nice, the white one. I When I took out the OLED, I was like, oh, this dock is really cool. So you can have that if you want it for $70. Um, it is a bit pricey. There is also a black version. The rounded edges are nice. Why would you want to buy that dock separately? Because like, if you don't have an OLED Switch, you just want a nicer dock? I, yeah, yeah, I think that yeah, and the Ethernet side, yeah, and and yeah, I mean, almost... yeah, that, that's I mean that that's the nicest thing about it is you don't need the the Ethernet the dongle, you don't yeah, need to exactly. plug right in. Yeah, and it's mainly for aesthetics. I, I I like I said, I was surprised at how nice it looks. Um, it is nice. It, I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah, so uh, you can get that if you want it. Uh, USPS Plus games are up now, so you can get Godfall Challenger Edition, Mortal Shell, and Lego DC Super Villains now. Uh, read email. This is the time for read email, and you can write into patreon.com forward slash kind of funny games where you can get your questions read on the show just like kebabs. Kebabs. Uh, what's up, kind of funny games daily crew? Do you think the legacy edition, assuming of Uncharted here, is, uh, is a worthy PS5 upgrade? The SSD load times and dual sense features sound great, but I'm disappointed there's no improved graphical features like ray trace, reflections, better texture models, assets, or longer draw distance. On the upside, sounds like those who only bought one will get both. What a steal. Thanks and thank you. Uh, keep being awesome. So a couple of things to note. The PS4 owners that have purchased Uncharted 4 Lost Legacy or the bundle can upgrade to PS5 remasters for $10. And the Legacy of Thief collection itself is $50. Um, and this includes a movie ticket for select countries for a limited time in participating regal locations if you purchase it on playstation store for the new uncharted movie coming out next year and ps plus members who claimed uncharted 4 on the subscription are not eligible for the 10 dollar upgrade so some caveats there for upgrading gary are you are you excited are you going to be playing the uh, remastered version of the uh, uncharted collection i do i do love the uncharted games especially the second one i think the second one's one of the best games ever made so, Agreed. so good. But, oh, I mean, all, all four are great, and Lost, Lost Legacy is really good as well. 
Um, you know, maybe at some point they'll do, you know, in the same way they're working on Last of Us right now, they'll, they'll do like a full, full remaster. But, but, but don't forget, <laughs> these fucking games looked amazing to begin with. So I think that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure they could look even better yeah. if they fully remastered them for PS5. But they're incredible looking games, even on PlayStation 4. There, there are certain sequences in those games where I just, oh, my fucking jaw was on the floor, you know, mm-hmm. during some of those sequences. They're, they're so technically and creatively fucking well done. Just like breathtaking chase, you know, like chase sequences yeah. and the whole train, you know, the opening from Uncharted Two, and just so many like blow your blow your head off type moments in those games. Um, and again, we've talked about it before. Don't forget, like things like faster load times. You know, mm. that's that's probably one of the one of the. It didn't seem like a sexy thing when they first talked about it, but like once you get a hang of it, you go, "Oh shit, this loads so fucking fast." It's one of the best things about the next generation. So. I think it's you know the ten dollar upgrade. I think if you've got the uh, got the existing version, is well worth it, um, and hopefully a good reason for a lot of people that haven't played the games to jump in now and and play it in what for now at least will be you know its best possible form. Yeah, I'm in that same situation where I I don't have like I'm I'm not excited to play that those games again immediately, but I know I will do at some point. And I think for me, I'm happy to just sit on and wait to buy it until I, I feel like I'm ready to play it. But if you're the kind of person who has not played these games before and you have a PlayStation 5, it is a no-brainer. Like, it is some of the best games Some of, uh, some of the best ever. games on, on the PlayStation. Yeah, and, well, really, you know, on any On any platform in the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like it's a worthy upgrade depending on what your history and your, uh, your financial situation is. Uh, let's move over to your wrong and see what we got here. Clark says, not a correction, more a question. Near the end of the podcast, you say, and if I want to check out what's coming to Momonal Drop Slots, where can I look? Myself and a few friends who listen to the show have never been able to work out what you're actually saying. It seems like a few minutes of nonsense. What even is this session about and what you're actually trying to say? We are saying mum and grop shots. I'm sure that came through perfectly in my echoey room over underneath this uh, uh, N7 helmet. But yeah, that's what we're saying. Well, I don't know where that phrase comes from. The, the history of it is one time Greg uh, was saying mom and... Pop Mom and shops, pop shops, yeah. And uh, misspoke and said "grop," and then he laughed hysterically by himself yeah. for three minutes. And now, and now we all have around. to carry the can for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there it is. Uh, Nanobiologist says, "Congratulations, this is a perfect show." Insert Evangelion congratulations clip here, where clearly everything is okay and nothing is off. That's true. Uh, Cowhand and various others have pointed out some breaking news: the Halo TV trailer will be shown at the Game Awards. Um, so maybe we'll see if Gary was right. Um, Nano says, Tam, you're wrong about Ubisoft, how Ubisoft is incorporating NFTs. I don't think I was wrong. I was just uh, slightly incorrect. Um, this is a test run with an already made game to see if they can one patch it in, two, if they work in games. If they work, they're going to add these to all their active. I think we actually said that. So yeah, take a hike, like Nano. That did super wrong. Um, Bill doesn't betray you. Ellie steals his porno mag. And you also find out the truth of, I'm not going to read that just in case. I think we also said that. So take a double hike, Nano. Uh, KEG says Bill is a good guy. Yep, yep, yep. We go uh, NFT. Now, every crypto. time someone comes into your wrong trying to trying to get us, we always send them fucking home with their ass in a sling, don't we? Yeah, always. No, there's no call given. If you're gonna if you're gonna roll up on your wrong, you better come correct. Yeah, you better come correct and uh, be ready to be thrown out like uh, Jazzy Jeff out of the old Banks estate. Um, David Attenborough. <laughs> 
NFTs in crypto may be trash, but blockchain is just an advanced, highly effective encryption system that has a ton of value and is often wrongly conflated with Bitcoin. David Ambra, here's what I'll say to that. I could not give less of a shit. Thank you for your time. Uh, Charles Jacobson says, you're not wrong, but on the topic of elite controllers, Scoff just revealed their DualSense Reflex series. Cool. Um, free promotion for Scoff there. Plamers says Cyberpunk can be the poster child uh, for what happens when games aren't delayed because uh, it was just for over, can't be, it was for over seven months. Cool. Uh, Garfield is still active and running daily. That comes from Moose Springsteen, Plamers, and Mikey O. Thank you, everyone, for uh, wasting our time because we are never wrong. Uh, this week's hosts are Wednesday, Blessing and Andy, Thursday, Janet and Tim, Friday, Tim and Jared Petty. If you are watching live, oh, Jared you, Petty, that would be a good one. The boy, he's back, baby. Jared is back oh, again. Jared is in sometimes. I always enjoy doing the show with him. Yeah, I've never met him. I've maybe spoken to him one time, one or two times on the internet. He seems like a lovely person. Very um, nice person. He's all right. Okay, cool. He's all right. I'll, I'll go with. I, I like the tempered. I like the tempered expectations from Kevin. There, he's all right. I respect it. After this, there is going to be a Fortnite stream, which began yesterday, but then quickly segued into a Metal Gear Solid 4 stream, which was fantastic. But now you get the second half of that. More Fortnite coming after this stream. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to youtube.com forward slash kindoffunnyplays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, where each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv forward slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com forward slash kind of funny games to stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, laugh and grow fat.